From years of anxiety to warrior and mentor, Bradley Robinson created the Anxiety Project to help you end your anxiety naturally. Let's mold the new you and let's end anxiety together. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Anxiety Project podcast. This one, 249, we're diving into uncertainty, the mother of all dragons. I mean, isn't it strange to you that, well, for me, especially here in the Western world, America, Canada, we're not taught how to manage uncertainty growing up, right? All of these things that happen randomly throughout our lives will test us mentally and physically. And well, today, let's dive into how we can buttress ourselves from this random chaotic element of existence. But before we dive in, please go over to the YouTube channel. This week, I posted a really important video on, well, if you know someone suffering from anxiety, I explain in this video what not to do, how to guide them towards the material and the role models they need in order for them to buttress themselves and contend with this uncertainty because they have to build on their competence. It's easy to fall onto people for reassurance and dependencies. It makes us feel good. It's analgesic. But what they need is to be that independent person where they learn how to manage the uncertainty. And we're diving into that today. So you also want to show them this video as well because, I mean, periodically throughout our lives, we are thrust into the unknown because life is so random. It's chaotic. And, I mean, we need to know how to manage this uncertainty. Now, it could be a job change, job loss. It could be having a child. It could be an illness. It could be betrayal. It can be a first date. It can be moving. It can be traveling. We all go through these experiences where it's new and we don't know what to expect. We have expectations and well, most of the time they're not met or they exceed our expectations, but we're always venturing out into the unknown, into the new and our anxiety systems activate right? And they activate, well, here's the thing. When you're, when you prepare yourself and when you voluntarily expose yourself to the unknown, that's exploratory circuits. That's different than fear circuits. Fear circuits are when the, it's when the unknown pops up randomly and you don't expect it and you don't know how to manage it. And you shrink yourself into a dark corner and, and that's when it takes you out. That's when you fall into hell, really. And so it's, it's, it's this movement outside of your regular frame of goal-directed behavior into unpredictable experience, and that's life, unpredictable. To manage the possibility lurking there, our anxiety system turns on. And here's the thing. If you don't know how to manage that stress, when the unknown arises, then it could do you in. If you've lived in comfort your whole life, where you've depended on others to handle your stressors, then one day when they don't know how to handle the stressors you're contending with, so for example, 
you're contending with an unknown sensation within you, maybe heart palpitation, a strange body ache, zap, or it could be a real illness. When they don't know anything more than you, that's terrifying because now you go, okay, my family can't help me. My doctor can't help me. How do I contend with the realities of existence? Oh no. That's the main message of today's video. How do you contend with that? Where do you go from there? So when you don't know how to handle that uncertainty, it can drag you down into hell. That's for sure. Now, when you're in the unknown, like I said, our anxiety system activates. High attention, high reflexive attention because you have to, well, you're in an unknown space. Everything is now relevant to you. It's like when you get lost on a trail. You stop, it's, it's freeze, emotion, imagine. You freeze, you get the emotion, oh no. And then you imagine, oh, I'm not going to get out of here. I'm going to die here. What am I going to do? Oh, no, uh, I'm going to starve to death, whatever it is, right? You're, you're, in, you're in total unknown, and it makes sense that you need to pay attention to everything to, in order to figure out a solution to the unknown. To move from certainty to uncertainty from time to time is, is the normal in existence, but how do you manage that without it being too overwhelming for you? That's the main question. That's the yin and yang symbol, the Chinese philosophical concept of chaos and order, having the balance between the two to manage existence right so uh, the black paisley with the white dot is like is um, chaos with a little bit of order and the white paisley is order and with the black dot a little bit of chaos it's this balance right too much order is not good too much chaos is not good the mediation between the two is the proper path in life because if you're too content and you're too orderly you're going to unconsciously seek out and yearn for chaos if you're in too much chaos, you're going to yearn for a lot of order. And anxiety sufferers, they're in so much chaos. They have to learn how to add that order and structure into their life. We see these characters on our screens like Harry Potter, who is the mediator between chaos and order. He is not Voldemort. He is not God the Father. He's the mediation between uh, Dumbledore and Voldemort. He has a little bit of evil within him, but it's his actions. It's how he conducts himself in the world and his aims and his goals and how he buttresses himself from the evil by learning these complicated spells, by working through complicated problems, by just wanting things to be good and having a foundation of ethics and morals and principles that he adheres to. That's Aragorn from Lord of the Rings, the mediator between the Shire and the rest of Middle Earth and the evil that lurks out there, right? He is this guy who who protects the the security of the Shire, but also goes out into the unknown, into the chaos, and wrangles with the evil that 
is there, but you know, he is, he's the, he's the perfect example for the yin and the yang, right? Because he, he has integrated aggression. He's integrated his shadow. He's, uh, he's, or he's oriented himself to the higher good of existence rather than falling into the evil hands of Saruman or um, Sauron and then not being too, too uh, naive and vulnerable like the, the hobbits, right? He's, he's neither of the two. He's the mediator of the two. He's integrated so much of his shadow. We see these people nowadays like Wim Hof or Joe Rogan or I don't know, so many so many guys, um, Ed Milet or Tony Robbins, whoever it is, they've integrated these dark aspects of their personality. He, they're, they're assertive, but they're kind. They're full of love, compassion. They're humble, but they're, they're tough people, right? So th- it, they have this balance. They have structure in their life, but they're always venturing out into the unknown. And then we can look to the Moses story because this is another perfect example of that archetype, right? So Moses, he leads the Israelites, his people, the slaves of Egypt, out of the tyranny of Egypt into the desert, right? The promised land. It's this aim of, hey, things could be better for us, right? Let's just, let's move out of this tyranny. You're not being treated fairly. You're, You're suffering. Let's get out of here. So they move from that tyranny, but here's the beauty of this story. They wind up in the desert, okay? It's not like things get better for them right away. That's the unknown. They go from what's known, the suffering, into uncertainty, the unknown. Well, the hope of things to be better. So the message here is that if we move out of the suffering, we are directing ourselves towards the promise of something better and we're going to wander about in what will seem like a more chaotic state before that promise is actualized or realized well we just have faith that things could get better and that better life it's not going to make itself actualized right away it's like when you move from one job to another, right? You, you're moving from another from one job to another in hopes of things to be better. But right away, that's not going to be self-evident, right? Because, you know, new problems, new snakes arise, you know? You're, you're, a new routine has to be established within the job and, and your home life. You may have to learn how to handle new software at your job or learn the procedures of your new job that you're going to feel like a a failure. You're going to feel like, you know, you have a lot to learn that you don't know much. You got to start from square one and you have to adapt to the other employees. And Hey man, that's like a child moving from grade seven to grade eight. You know, they get this euphoric feel good positive emotion from graduating they completed it yes they move to grade eight more problems right it's like the 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 host of all problems is still there right it's how do you manage the host of problems because 
you move to grade eight, what happens? A lot of other concerns come up. Oh, the, the course is more tough or I'm not in the same class as my friends. Oh no, that's what happened to me in elementary school. I moved from one class to another and all my friends weren't there and I felt like, oh my God, I'm in hell. Like, I don't know how to manage this. I mean, I don't have any friends and uh, it's like, it, it was anxiety, right? So, you know, you think you solved a problem by you know, ending or graduating from university, now you have the problem of, well, now I need to find a job. Oh no, what am I going to do? You know, where am I going to go from here? It's like, yeah, problems after problems. That's like the, the, the head full of snakes, right? Or you cut off one head of the Leviathan and then five more grow. It's like, you gotta, you gotta learn and you gotta be tough at contending with the root of all well problems the the uncertainty of it all right how do you manage that so we see in the moses story that the israelites and moses they're wandering around in the desert and they question this is the big thing here they question whether they should go back to the tyranny huh okay that makes so much sense. It's understandable because it's a place that's familiar. It's like being in a relationship you know you don't want to be in. It's toxic. You don't feel good in the relationship, but you look toward, hey, what if I broke up with this person? And then the unknown emerges of, well, maybe I won't find anyone else. So it's like, uh uh-oh, I might not find anywhere else. Remember, freeze, emotion, imagine. You imagine, uh uh-oh, I'm not going to find anyone else. What am I going to do? It's the fear that prevents us from, from pursuing more, from growing. That's so massive. It's the fear of the uncertainty that prevents us from pursuing anything better. But we see in the Moses story, right, that they're wandering around in the unknown, hoping that things will be better. But they think, hey, maybe if I go back to Egypt, you know, it's better than being in the desert, wandering around. And yeah, it gets worse before it gets better. But maybe you need to wander around until you build on a structure and a foundation until you master the unknown. Because why would you want to go back to what you already know when there's so much out there that you don't know? Maybe you can master what you don't know. That's the archetype of Harry Potter, Moses, Aragorn, um, Luke Skywalker, Jesus Christ. That's the archetype of the hero. The hero masters the unknown. And Bilbo Baggins too, or Frodo Baggins, same thing. How do you master the unknown, right? So this is what's so brilliant about the, the Moses' story. He studies the Israelites when they're out in the desert, right? They're questioning everything. But Moses, he looks and watches the Israelites and he formulates 10 commandments that will add structure and a foundation to the people. Huh, okay. Ethics and principles that will ground this fragmented 
community. And they're drawing lines in the sand, essentially, by making these commandments, right? Drawing lines in the sand that you do not cross. And this will buttress yourself against any more chaos, any more chaos. Because when you're in chaos, the worst thing that you can do is to add more unnecessary suffering. So the commandments present or prevent that. For me, maintaining my routine when everything around me becomes unstable is what's important to me because I know I could make all of this worse if I were to act in a very chaotic way every day, if I slept in, if I ate, if I say F it, right? It's that voice, you know, whenever chaos comes, you're like, F it, I'm going to, I'm going to sleep in, I'm going to eat junk food, I'm going to order, you know, order pizza, I'm going to watch pornography, I'm going to have a drink, I'm going to smoke him, you know, you have this voice. And, you know, I think you can self-sabotage yourself because you're going to make things worse. Yeah, everything's in chaos. But having a foundation, you know, even, you know, my best days are the days where I, f- I feel the worst and I still stick to my routines because they're difficult. They're even more difficult to, it, to adhere to. But you stick to it and then you go, hey, man, if I can wake up feeling awful and then stick to this cold plunge exercise or, you know, meditation, journal, huh, I can easily handle whatever today has. You know, it doesn't seem so massive because if you wake up at noon and you're feeling vulnerable and you're hungover and you're you're going through carb withdrawal, that dragon is most likely going to take you out because you're feeling vulnerable, weak, unproductive. You're procrastinating. But if you decide to, hey, I'm going to get up at five anyways and get my routine in, even though things around me are chaotic, you're, you're going after that routine, you're going to feel like, hey, look what I can do. Look how much I can do in the midst of the suffering. So that's why I love this story is because it unfolds and unravels this dictum and this, this message, right? In the midst of the unknown, do you fall back into tyranny, into your old ways, or do you continue on fighting and, and looking for something better? Striving for something better. That new job that you get yourself into, it will be uncertain at first. You're going to think, well, I'm, I'm happy I'm leaving this job. But now you have this problem of this new job. Like I already mentioned before, you feel like a failure. You, you may be bad at it, but you continue and slowly chip away at mastering the job. Each and every day, you show up early and you decide to show up even though it's going to be rough, challenging, uncertain. Showing up 
is half the battle. Waking up at 5 a.m. and getting out of bed, that's half the battle, right? Then once the job becomes mastered, you look back at your previous job with gratitude and you say to yourself, well, you know, I moved from something better and it was not easy but the fact that I could manage this uneasiness shows my character, shows what kind of person I am. I'm capable of a lot more. Glad I didn't stay in that other job or like the Israelites and Moses, glad we didn't stay in the tyranny. Yeah, glad we didn't, even though it was tempting to go back. You know, let's look for something better. It's that faith. It's that hope because when you go through anxiety recovery, it gets worse before it gets better in that same manner, right? You wake up and you say, oh, why am I waking up at five? Oh, I feel bad and all that stuff. You're not certain that this will work. You're not certain that meditation is going to work. You're not certain that the journaling or the exercise is going to solve your problems, but you do it anyways in the hopes of things to be better. Having something to fight for. We see that in Harry Potter, in the Order of the Phoenix, because the school, Hogwarts, turns into a tyranny. And Harry Potter, for the first time in the series, he loses hope in the school, right? He's like, oh my God, everything's bad. My relationship with Cho Chang is terrible. Um, Snape is meaner and tougher than ever. I got to take Occlumency class with him. Oh my God, you know, Dumbledore is hardly around anymore. Professor Umbridge is tyrannizing over us. He, he gets banned from Quidditch, his favorite thing about Hogwarts. And he's getting punished in in Umbridge's office. It's just one bad thing after another. And the message in this book is because Harry is fighting for something behind the scenes, like he's he's creating this defense against the dark arts uh, program with his other fellow colleagues, his students, right? And it gives them something to fight for. So imagine you're in a job where you feel bitter about it. You don't like it. You don't like your managers. You feel like you're being tyrannized and, you know, you just don't like it at all. But imagine you don't do anything about it. You know, if you decide to look for another job behind the scenes and fight for something better, then when you show up to that tyrannical environment, it's not going to feel so bad because you know that you're fighting behind the scenes for something better. And that's going to buttress yourself from that, that chaos, that hell, because you can fall deep into that hell. But you need to get up and you need to fight for the hopes that thing, that things could be better for you. And that's where I'm going to leave you on this episode. Thank you, everybody, for being here, being a supporter of the show. Remember, I have a recovery program 
on my website at unpluganxiety.com that will help you build a structure, build a foundation to the chaos you're contending with. Go check that out. If you have any questions, please contact me. You can do that on my website as well. Rise above anxiety. I'll see you next time. Brad's Powerful Anxiety Recovery Program is now available at unpluganxiety.com. The Anxiety Project Program is downloadable and puts the power of anxiety recovery in your own hands. Visit unpluganxiety.com.